Welcome back to Catholic Doctrine Bible Study. This is session 163. I'm your host, Jim Hawk. And in this session, we'll continue on in Exodus beginning with the events that begin with uh, Exodus chapter 4, verse 16. Moses returns to Egypt. He's had this encounter with God. Uh, he's giving God some excuses. Well, wait a minute. I can't speak very well. What if they won't listen to me, etc.? Uh, and God says, don't worry about it. I've got this, okay? You just do what, what I tell you to do, and you will be just, just fine. So he starts out, he's got to go back to Egypt, because remember, he had left Egypt 40 years before, um, and, um, you know, on, on the lamb, as it were, because of the murder that he had committed. So he's on his way back to Egypt, and I'm going to pick up on verse 24 here. This is kind of a curious little sidebar in the story. It says, on the journey to Egypt, at a place where they spent the night, the Lord came upon Moses and would have killed him. Well, wait a minute. I'm confused. All this stuff that I've read, I don't even didn't even know that God was mad at him. Okay. But Zipporah, Zippy, that's uh, Abraham's Midianite wife, took a piece of flint and cut off her son's foreskin. In other words, she circumcised him. And touching his person, she said, you are a spouse of blood to me. Uh, what does that mean? Well, it's explained in verse 26. Then, then God let Moses go. At that time, she said, a spouse of blood in regard to the circumcision. So what are we talking about here? Uh, underline um, verse, uh, let's say, 24, where the Lord was going to kill him. And in your margins, I want you to write Genesis chapter 17, verse 12. That's where God told Abraham, back in Genesis, hey, on the eighth day any, that of any uh, child, any male child being born, he needs to be circumcised if he's going to be in this family of, of God. Okay, so uh, Moses didn't do the the very sign of the covenant there. We recognize, once again, that the covenant, or, or excuse me, that circumcision in the Old Testament uh, coincides, or, or I should say prefigures, baptism in the New Testament, okay? So God's pretty serious when he says this stuff, right? And we should be serious about baptism. So for those of you who are fathers, make sure that you give your kids the sacraments. Okay, it was important to God. It was important to Abraham. Uh, Moses recognizes at this point that it's important. And it should be important to you as well. You know, God wants so little from us, but he does want our trust. And he wants us to show our trust by, by doing uh, our, our sacraments. Okay, enough said about that. So Moses, verse 29 and on, Moses and Aaron go and they assemble all the elders of Israel. And Aaron 
explains to the uh, the people, and the people believed. Well, we'll see how long they believe. It's pretty easy to believe when uh, when things are not too bad, but when things are bad, that's when your faith and their faith was and is uh, tested. Okay, so chapter five. After that, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may celebrate a feast to me in the desert. And um, they further explain in verse 3, We want three days. That Why do they want the three days? That they may offer a sacrifice to the Lord. So the Lord is saying, Hey, let my people go from your slavery so that they can worship uh, me in in the process, right? Okay, so that they can develop this relationship with me. But um, anyway, God already knows, and God actually already told Moses that um, Pharaoh would be obstinate. In fact, it even says God would make him obstinate. Well, little theology there, don't isn't there? Uh, there seems to be a conflict, doesn't there, between uh, God's total control of everything, God's omnipotence, and man's free will. And in in this uh, chapter four, verse uh, verse twenty one, God says, "I will make Pharaoh obstinate." You know, in other words, uh, not not agreeing. Um, I don't see a conflict here. Uh, we we will see alternating as we get into the various plagues that that uh, plague no pun well pun intended Egypt that at times it says Pharaoh hardened his heart and at times it says God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Okay, I've heard it explained this way. Um, the um, the same sun that will melt wax, if it's left outside, will also harden clay. Um, the, the same sun, the effect, whether it's melting wax or hardening clay, depends on the item being exposed to it. Uh, I know people, and probably you know people, that uh, if you tell them to do anything. If you tell them to please drink of a glass of water, they won't do it just because you told them to do it. They're that obstinate. There's that word again. Okay. And then there's other people who will say, okay, if it means that much to you, I will do that. So God can work through people who don't believe in him. Okay. And, and is there some good that comes out of this? Well, because of this, because of Pharaoh's obstinacy, obstinance, obstinance, um, Moses is going to have to learn to trust God. Imagine if Moses had just walked into Pharaoh and said, Hey, let, let my people go. And Pharaoh said, Sure. Okay. That's cool. Great. Um, then would Moses think, oh, God is with me. God is directing this. Or would Moses think, hey, I'm such a great salesman. I talked Pharaoh into this. So God has his purposes and we don't always see them at the time. I think it would have been easier. I mean, God could have just zapped Pharaoh and said, hey, let my people go. But God respects our free will, 
even when our even when some people's free will is to reject God. Okay. So Pharaoh's a little upset that Moses had asked for three days off to go worship God for his people. So Pharaoh says, I'll tell you what, I'm going to make it not easier for you. I'm going to make it harder for you. You guys have been making bricks all along, but we've been bringing you the straw. Now you got to go get your own straw, and I expect just as many bricks. So this is a first test of the rest of the Israelites. What do we see in chapter 5 verse 19, um, the Israelites, or, well, excuse me, in verse 21 of, of Exodus chapter 5, the Israelite foreman said to them, the Lord look upon you and judge. In other words, you're cursed, man. You have brought us into bad odor with Pharaoh and his servants and put a sword in their hands to slay us. So the, at the very first test, you know, the people are upset with Moses. And so what does Moses do? Well, he does what most of us do when things go bad. Uh, he blames God. <laughs> uh, verse 22, Moses again had recourse to the Lord and said, Lord, why do you treat this people so badly? And why did you send me on such a mission? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has maltreated this people of yours, uh, although they're also people of Moses, they're Israelites, and you have done nothing to rescue them. Okay, so Moses has his doubts, and we have our doubts when things don't go our way too, right? So Moses is no different than the rest of us. Um, but in chapter 6, God basically says, hey, I am in uh, verse 5, he says, I am mindful of my covenant. Go back and underline that verse, maybe with crayon. Verse 5, I am, God says, I am mindful of my covenant. And um, so he says, go back, uh, work with, um, you know, work with Pharaoh. I'm going to work all of this stuff out. And Moses says, hey, the Israelites won't even listen to me. My own foreman, or I should say the, the bricklayer foreman, they, they, they hate me. Uh, why, would, why would Pharaoh still listen to me, poor speaker that I am? He keeps bringing this up about he can't talk, but he sure talks an awful lot, doesn't he? Anyway, so God says, remember what I said about Aaron? Aaron's going to be your spokesman, etc. Well, then we have this genealogy of, uh, of Moses and Aaron. I think the only, uh, for our purposes, the only thing to keep in mind here uh, are that uh, Moses and Aaron were both from the tribe of Levi, of Levi L-E-V-I, and the Levites will ultimately be the priests. Remember, there's 12 tribes in Israel. Well, one of them is the tribe of Levi. And they will ultimately be made the the, uh, the priests. Okay, so now we have a little razzle dazzle in chapter uh, seven. Um, Moses, uh, we're told, is eighty years old when he approaches uh, Pharaoh again. So, by the way, if you think you're too old to make a difference for God's kingdom. Think again. Moses was 40 before he even had anything to do with God. And here he is, 80, and he's going to lead the people out of, uh, of Israel. So age is not a factor. 
uh, God will take whatever time you have and whatever abilities you have, and if you sincerely ask him, he will make you a, uh, a soldier, if you will, for the Lord in the sense of doing battle uh, against uh, the dark forces, etc., and making a difference in your in your community and in your family. So here's the razzle dazzle. Uh, Moses says, oh, "I'm not going to do anything for you." And then Aaron throws his staff down, and it turns into a snake. And then Pharaoh summons his uh, magicians, and they throw down uh, uh, their staffs. And, and changed into a snake, but Aaron's staff swallowed their staffs. So um, you, if I was Pharaoh and I saw this, I would say, okay, I'm impressed. Uh, you can leave if you want. But Pharaoh was obstinate, just as the Lord had foretold. Okay, so the Lord wasn't for, surprised. He isn't surprised by anything. He lives outside of our time and space, okay? So he sees everything before it's going to happen. Doesn't mean you don't have free will, you do. He just knows what he, what you are going to choose. All right, so if the Israelites wouldn't go, excuse me, if Pharaoh was not convinced by these, uh, by Aaron's snakes swallowing all these other snakes, and by the way, was this uh, a literary device or was it a literal occurrence? Uh, for purposes of, of what we're trying to do here, establish uh, Catholic doctrine, uh, I would say that the point is that the forces of God were uh, certainly more dominant, more powerful than the forces of evil, okay? And God prevails. That's what you must get out of this, whether you choose to believe that it was literal snakes devouring snakes or not. Um, that is not the most important thing. You can believe it if you want, but you can believe it's a literary device if you want. Okay, so now we're going to get into these plagues. Now, these plagues go on and on and on, and I am not going to read this all to you, um, but I am going to, in my handout, include uh, the plagues and how they correspond to Egyptian gods, okay? So each plague corresponds to an Egyptian god, and the handout will make that clear. So um, first we see water turned into blood. Then we see frogs. Well, if, it, if you believe that this was a natural occurrence, well, hey, if the water turned gross or even bloody, and there's frogs who are amphibious, who are in the water, they're going to do what? They're going to jump out of the water, right? And so uh, the second plague is, is frogs, and the frogs swarm over everything. They've come out of the water. They've come under the land. They're swarming over everything, okay? Now you got all these frogs in there, and plus the water turned to blood, so you probably got a lot of dead fish. What are you going to have next? The third plague is gnats. The fourth plague is flies. Well, you, believe me, if you put out a bunch of dead fish, you are going to attract flies. So that could be a natural occurrence brought on by God, of course, or you could say it's a supernatural occurrence brought on by God. 
Okay, you're free to choose either way of thinking, but you must recognize that God had a plan and this is part of the plan. Okay, uh, what do we have next? The fifth plague, pestilence. And by the way, Moses keeps, for the, for the sake of brevity, Moses keeps saying, now have you had enough, Pharaoh? Now are you going to release my people? And sometimes Pharaoh says, oh, I'll think about it, but then he changes his mind. Other times he says, I'm not going to, I'm just not going to do it. Um, sometimes it says that God hardens Pharaoh's heart, and sometimes it says that Pharaoh hardened his own heart. Okay, both can be, uh, can be true. The fifth plague is pestilence. Okay. Well, again, think about it. The river was the river of life. If it, if it was uh, covered with blood or, you know, turned to blood, then there's going to be a lot of, of death, right? I mean, the, uh, you know, the farm animals, the cows and all that that drink from the water, they're, they're going to, uh, to die. Uh, and if you're eating all this unclean stuff, comes the sixth plague, boils, okay? And God tells him... Um, you know, God tells Moses how to uh, make that happen. Take a uh, chapter 9, verse 8. Take a double handful of soot from a furnace, and in the presence of Pharaoh, let Moses scatter it toward the sky. So what if Moses didn't do that? Well, you might not have the plague, right? So God likes to use human beings to uh, affect change in the world. He gives us the ability. He gives us the circumstances, he gives us the material, uh, but we still have to do it, right? I mean, we are his agents. That's how God likes to work. So Moses not only had to believe, he had to do something to demonstrate that belief, and that is the Catholic view even of salvation, right? We believe, but we believe that we have to demonstrate. We have to bear fruit. Um, so we've got the boils, then we've got hail from the uh, from the sky, and uh, and Moses continually says, "Let my people go." And there's hail, and it wrecks all the uh, the crops and all that sort of thing. Ten, we've got locusts coming to eat everything. Um, again, a lot of uh, you know the locusts are just swarming every everything, and so Moses gets a. Uh, a little bolder in his treatment, or I should say, in his and act in his uh, actions with Pharaoh, and I think we'll get to that. Uh, we'll discuss this further in our next session. But for now, let's go to the Lord in prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, when things don't go our way, we're like Moses. We give excuses for not believing. You, you give us instructions daily as to what you want us to be. We have the Bible. We can read it every day of, of the year. And, and yet, we, uh, we struggle with having faith in you. We are seeing Moses, as we read these chapters, we are seeing Moses gradually developing more faith in you. And we will see this as we look at chapter 10 and on as well. So we ask that you give us the grace and the strength to 
love you more and to trust you more and to know that it's not all up to us. It wasn't all up to Moses. Moses just had to act out what you told him to do. So help us to have that attitude as well. We ask this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.